millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code gold to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future go to noblegoldinvestments.com now noblegoldinvestments.com this performance may not be indicative of future results investing in precious metals including gold involves risks consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision Good evening, everyone. And, of course, welcome back to another very exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. If you guys are just joining us, do me a favor, hit that red pill, hit the like button, tap the screen, drop a heart, whatever you need to do. Let other people know that this is a good show. It's a program worth watching. Help me out, if you wouldn't mind, by sharing the on your favorite social media platforms as well. If you are like Optimus, it looks like, and Jennifer, and uh, you're here for the first time to see my brand new opening, I have a five-minute countdown, which now begins at 4.55 p.m. to make sure that everybody gets a notification and they have time to get in and hang out in the chat. Thank you for those of you who were here way early, keeping it comfy, and LKW Cross, I swear, I cannot tell a lie, that really is Donald Trump dancing. It's probably one of my favorite meme videos of POTUS. Because when I first saw it, I could barely believe it as well. I was like, wow, this guy is awesome. So cool. So listen up, guys. We have so much to talk about. Major updates in the Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade case. Also, of course, the worm has turned on Joseph Robinette Biden. That 25th Amendment looks like it's rearing its ugly head and coming back to bite him in the ass. This is truly the ghost of POTUS past. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back in just a moment after this. Well, bad news. It sounds like the Fed has taken the punch bowl away from the party yet again because the stock market has been betting on March rate cuts, but not so fast because all three indexes just got pummeled on the news that rate cuts are off the table. Now, is this why J.P. Morgan and UBS are calling for a 23% drop in the S&P? Let me tell you something. This is the longest time we've ever had in history between recessions. And right now, that recession indicator is ringing off the hook. It's most severe alarm in that 40-year history. So either you think Bidenomics is working 
or you're buying gold. And since we all know Bidenomics isn't working, isn't it time you protected your retirement by getting gold? Right now, you can call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today and do it before it's too late. All you got to do is mention me, Zach Payne, and this show, Red Pill News on Red Pill 78, and you will always get the best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. The Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you might be eligible for the no-fee-for-life IRA on qualifying rollovers. So give them a call today at 888-857-6092 and request your free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for seven years in a row. Call them today at 888-857-6092. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good afternoon. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I sincerely appreciate you hanging out with us on this fine Monday, February 12th. My gosh, we're already halfway through the month of February. Before you know it, it's going to be March. And then before you know it, it's going to be November. And on the way, we've got to make sure we expose as many of these deep state swamp rats as we can possibly get our little hands on. And let me tell you, nothing brings me more pleasure than and the expose we are currently doing on one Miss Fanny Willis. We have a lot to talk about today, so I'm just going to get right into it. I, last week, I mentioned that uh, the young man, a co-defendant of President Trump in that fake RICO case down there in Georgia, had filed a new document in his request to get Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade kicked off of the case and have the charges dropped altogether. Well, We have news in terms of what's going on in that courtroom, but we also have news in terms of the investigations being done into Fannie Willis, her behavior and her likelihood of profiting financially by hiring her lover to be the lead prosecutor on this RICO case against President Trump and 17 other defendants. And let me tell you, there is no shortage of people even there in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office who want to see Fannie Willis go down even more than she's done already. But in terms of the actual, uh, let's see, conflict of interest that she's had there, uh, there are, in fact, a number of whistleblowers who are lining up right there in Fulton County and just begging to have their opportunity to speak to the various committees that are investigating Fannie and her boy toy. Now, leaders over the weekend from Georgia State Senate and their special committee on investigations met regarding that situation with Fannie and her boyfriend, Nathan. Now, Fannie, of course, and Nathan both, they're being criticized for their relationship, a relationship that was kept not only from Fulton County, but also from the people. People of Fulton County and pretty much anyone in a position of authority who might have something to say about it. This relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade calls up all manner of questions. And State Senator Bill Cousert is emphasizing that his group looking into this situation want nothing more than to uncover the truth. He actually said in a press conference shortly after this hearing that this is not a political witch hunt. This is simply a question of conflicts that should have been brought up initially. Fannie Willis profiteering from hiring her boyfriend and paying him more than anyone else, receiving gifts that 
if it wasn't her boyfriend, she would still have to report those things to Fulton County and her office. Now, Willis bringing Wade in on this investigation into the 2020 election is, of course, what's at the heart of all of it. Now, Fannie Willis says she brought Nathan Wade in because he was the best man for the job. However, Nathan Wade had no experience as a prosecutor. Nathan Wade had no experience with racketeering cases and Nathan Wade was bringing Fannie Willis to bed. There's no other way to say it. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this news item from over the weekend because we have a couple of pretty uh, enlightening comments coming from the good state senator. This has come under fire for having an intimate relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade. Wade is assisting in the Trump election interference case. Fox News' Deidre Dukes is live at the state capitol with the day's developments. Deidre. And we heard from the first time today during that committee meeting that... uh, so-called whistleblowers from inside the DA's office, we were told, have contacted the committee chair accusing DA Willis of misconduct and the misuse of funds. This is not any type of political witch hunt. This is a quest for the truth. State Senator Bill Kalzer dropped a bombshell as the meeting got underway. The committee chair said he's heard from several whistleblowers who are eager to testify. There are whistleblowers inside the Fulton County DA's office that are that are raising complaints and allegations about the misuse of both federal funds and state funds. Fulton DA So that little item right there puts a whole nother layer, a different sort of wrinkle on this situation, because it's no longer just about conflicts of interest. It's no longer about honesty and integrity in terms of the way she's choosing to specifically prosecute President Trump and his 17 co-defendants. No, they are actually appearing to be misusing both state and federal funds. So now the question becomes, what exactly were they spending that money on and what was that money initially intended to be spent on? Now, Fannie Willis, up until the moment she had to, was forced to. She refused to admit that she was in a sexual relationship with Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade, of course, the same because he was in the midst of a nasty divorce, likely as a result of his relationship with Miss Fannie Willis. But nobody so far has mentioned the misappropriation of state and federal funds. So now that could be two possible criminal charges in two different jurisdictions that Fannie and Nathan could find themselves in a bit of a mess with. Now, the fact that there are whistleblowers, likely subordinates, working for Fannie Willis, working directly with her, alongside her in the Fulton County District Attorney's Office, it means that hmm, pretty likely that they're going to have uh, uh, evidence. It's not just going to be, you know, witness testimony. People aren't just going to say, hey, I saw Fannie Willis using a Fulton County credit card to buy lunch for her boyfriend. No, this is likely going to be funds that were brought into this office specifically for an expenditure that is other than what they ended up spending it on. So we're probably going to see paperwork. We're going to see a paper trail. We're going to see sauce, as they say. And I'm extremely excited about it. Let's continue. Has come under fire for having an intimate relationship with Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade. Willis hired Wade to lead the 2020 Trump election interference case. You lose the confidence of the public in the fairness of our criminal justice system if they think prosecutors are engaging in prosecution so that their lovers can get rich. Attorneys. 
Now, I, I will say this. I don't know that anybody believes that Fannie Willis specifically hired Nathan Wade just so that he could get rich. Or excuse me, that she specifically went after and indicted Donald Trump just so Nathan Wade could get rich. Certainly, she made the choice decision to hire her boyfriend and pay him more than anybody else. But I tend to believe that the prosecution of Donald Trump is about a lot more than just getting money, because there's obviously political cachet that comes along with it. There's the attention of the Biden regime. Uh, there is, of course, the attention of the deep state itself. Who's to say that Fannie Willis wasn't planning on being appointed a U.S. prosecutor for this area of the country? Perhaps she was looking at a cushy federal job after. After she got done with her appointment there in Fulton County. Who knows? Several Trump co-defendants want Willis disqualified and the charge is dismissed, saying she benefited financially from her relationship with Wade. I think a political witch hunt or show trial would damage Georgians' faith in both our political and legal system. Uh, Ms. Butler, Ms. Butler, I, I, I take I, I take exception with that statement right there, because a political show trial is what we're already engaged in the midst of. And the confidence of the people of Georgia and the people of Fulton County in the election, excuse me, not only the election system, but in the judicial system, that's already been damaged. That's already been damaged by generations of selective prosecutions that have likely been taken towards people that you know. However, because you have risen above all of that, now you're part of that deep state milieu. Well, uh, only now are you somehow convinced that the election system or the judicial system here in the United States of America, I would say all of our systems are hopelessly corrupt, hopelessly corrupt, run by inept people like Fannie Willis and her boy toy, Nathan Wade. And of course, the people of Fulton County, I'm certain, would have a very different opinion. And I have to, for one, thank Fannie Willis for having the courage well, and stupidity to bring forward this case against Donald Trump and his 17 co-defendants, because as far as I'm concerned, it's done a lot of good work to convince the average everyday American who perhaps was not paying attention prior uh, to really come to the conclusion that, hell, yes, yeah, I was pretty convinced our election system was busted after 2020. 2022 convinced me a lot more. But now, as we head into 2024, it looks like they're going to try to steal it again for someone else, anyone but Donald Trump and the judicial system of, uh, let's see, D.C., Florida, uh, of course, New York and Georgia, all of them at once on top of the federal government, the Department of Justice, all of them coming after him. OK, sure, sure, sure. It's, it's going to take Fannie Willis being prosecuted to finally convince the people of Georgia that the system's corrupt. OK, got it. You sure about that? Lawmaker spearheaded the Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive 
active and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Many over the objection of Senate Democrats who call the investigation a political witch hunt. Well, when you get right down to it, it goes as far back as the 2020 election. That's unfortunate. Over the next several months, the bipartisan panel will look into allegations of potential conflicts of interest and the misuse of state funds. Willis may be subpoenaed to testify. That's not a given. You know, if I will certainly give her the opportunity, you know, and if I were her, I would want to be her. So it may not actually be necessary to specifically subpoena her and compel her to come testify. I think he's right. An innocent person, especially in a situation like this, someone who is part of that corrupt judicial system, uh, should have nothing to hide. She should have no reason to not want to talk to investigators about the specificities of her relationship. And more importantly, the specificities of the state and federal funds that she used, because as long as it was for exactly what it was supposed to be for, then she's got no reason to be afraid. Now, 
I can't say the same for Judge McAfee, who is overseeing that case that I keep mentioning, Donald Trump and 17 co-defendants. He actually spoke in a hearing today about this very topic, and he has admitted that disqualification is a very real possibility, given the specific information that has been presented by Mr. Michael Roman. Judge Scott McAfee spoke earlier today about the possibility that Fannie Willis could be removed from this case and that the evidence of alleged corruption prevented, excuse me, presented by Mr. Roman is quite compelling. Now, just as a quick reminder, in case you haven't been around for a few weeks, Michael Roman filed a motion last month. In that motion, he said that Fannie Willis financially benefited and physically benefited by appointing her romantic partner, her paramour, Mr. Nathan Wade, to act as special prosecutor, the top special prosecutor on this RICO case against President Trump, Michael Roman and the 16 others, and that the funds that she paid him, which was more than anyone else who was appointed to this case, were ending up in her pockets. This was a lucrative deal, not only for Mr. Wade, but also for Fannie Willis, because she got cruises. She got first class airfare. She got taken out to dinner. She probably got a nice handbag, maybe a pair of earrings. Who knows? We'll find out about that in the near future. But Mr. McAfee said the evidence that Michael Roman has presented up to this point uh, is something that could compel him uh, to remove Fannie Willis from the case. At the very least, it requires that they have that scheduled hearing, which is set for this Thursday. I intend to broadcast it live on the air. During that hearing, he plans to determine whether or not Fannie Willis could be disqualified from the case. And, and this is, of course, coming after Fannie Willis filed a 175-page brief seeking to dismiss Michael Roman's motion without a hearing. Now, despite the fact that she admitted to engaging in a sexual relationship with her subordinate, uh, but claiming that it had no bearing on the case and there was no conflict of interest that she could think of. Well, of course, the guilty party is never going to admit that they did anything wrong until the moment that they do. I can just imagine Fannie Willis in some far flung future being forced to stand before the people of Fulton County uh, and say, Miss. Mistakes were made. I should have done it differently. And with that, I'm going to go bow out into the sunset. Now, having sex with your subordinate, paying him more money, maybe getting a couple of nice things, that's not necessarily going to put Fannie in jail. A misappropriation of funds? That just might. All right. So McAfee said the state has admitted a relationship existed. That's what she said in that filing. What remains to be seen and proven is the existence and extent of any financial benefit. And if there was even one, I think we've already proven that there was because Nathan Wade was getting paid and Fannie Willis was getting laid. She was getting tickets. They were going on cruises. They were taking first-class airfare. There's no way that you can argue paying to Nathan, Nathan buying, Fannie Willis benefiting. It is a one, two, three, quid pro quo. It's so simple to see. So Mr. McAfee, or Judge McAfee continues, uh, so because I think it's possible that the facts alleged by the defendant could result in disqualification, he's being very very polite here. I mean, they should result in disqualification. I think an evidentiary hearing must occur to establish the record of those core allegations. I wonder 
If Mr. Roman is going to have his own whistleblowers that want to show up and testify on behalf of him and, of course, against Fannie and Nathan. I think the issues that are at point here, whether a relationship existed, we've already established that it did. Whether that relationship was romantic or non-romantic in nature, and we know it is. They used to live together even before she became Fulton County District Attorney. And remember, he was married at the time. At the time, he was scrumping his mistress in a secret bungalow apartment. Whether it formed and whether it continues, it did, it has, they've already admitted it. That's only relevant because it's in combination with the question of the existence and extent of any personal benefit. So I think the thrust of this proceeding on Thursday is going to have to do with the specific benefits that Fannie Willis received as a result. Now, Maybe Miss, maybe Judge McAfee is going to have people come in. They're going to ask some questions. I know that Fannie Willis is supposed to speak on camera. This is going to be broadcast. I can't wait to see it. And, of course, we're going to be taking a deep dive into those bank statements, the bank statements that were recently revealed in Mr. Wade's divorce case. He purchased tickets to San Francisco, to Miami, and they were also both purchased in Fannie Willis's name. Now, you might remember over the weekend I reported that the 175-page response that Fannie Willis wrote to Mr. Roman's initial filing. She said that, oh, we would frequently buy each other plane tickets. Okay. Uh, Can you show on your bank statements any specific times that you bought plane tickets for Mr. Wade? And it doesn't count if those purchases were made after the after the revelation was brought to the to the was brought to the mind of the court. Uh, Now, In a Friday filing, Roman's attorney had claimed that Mr. Wade's gifts to her totaled thousands of dollars. If we're only talking about a couple of first-class airline tickets and a couple of cruise tickets, that's definitely at least thousands of dollars. And perhaps that's uh, a drop in the bucket, you know, because Nathan Wade made almost three-quarters of a million dollars. But a financial benefit is a financial benefit. You can go to jail for accepting a watch from the wrong person if you're in politics. So the filing had included two additional and previously undisclosed trips, which we haven't spoken about yet. They took a cruise to the Bahamas and then in December of 22, and then also to Belize in March of 2023. So were there additional flights that were purchased by Mr. Nathan Wade? Hmm. But she claims, Fannie Wade claims, uh, that the expenses for personal travel were split roughly equally between she, uh, between Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis. Again, we have yet to see that proven in court, and Fannie Willis has already been shown she's willing to impeach herself. Jim Kyle says, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it must be a duck. So I'm tired of this left-handed justice bullshit. Jim, I think we all are. And uh, that's why I'm so excited about exposing it for the world to see. Thank you so much also over at Pilled.net to NetFolks1. Appreciate that, Can. NX17 says, RP, you're the best. I would say that you are the best, my friend. Tracy S. says, I'd like to can test that dancing DJT in your countdown. DJT doesn't wear glasses. The face shape isn't right. Well, I mean, it's him, so sorry. I know he doesn't. That's the only video I've ever seen with him wearing glasses. If I'm not mistaken, it was from a, a the episode of Saturday Night Live that he was on. So go out there, do a search for Donald Trump dancing glasses. You'll find it. It's actually him. Uh, and then Leanne63 dropped a cookie. Thank you, Leanne. All right, so uh, 
I don't want the particulars of Mr. Wade's. Oh, I'm sorry. Judge McAfee, uh, after admitting that what we're what we're really looking at here is the amount of financial benefit, uh, the duration and nature of the relationship. But there are a couple of key pieces within Mr. Roman's initial filing that Judge McAfee says he's not concerned with. And I don't necessarily agree with him here. Um, but remember, there was the question of whether or not Fannie Willis had been appointed appropriately, or rather Nathan Wade had been appointed by Fannie Willis appropriately. There's also the question of Nathan Wade's relevant experience. He didn't have any. Uh, and so Judge McAfee if he says that I don't think the particulars of Mr. Wade's experience are relevant, so he's not even going to call that into question. His alleged lack of experience handling RICO cases or any inferences regarding the intent from that can be addressed in argument. But in my mind, as long as you're a lawyer with a heartbeat and a bar card, the lawyer's appointment standing alone is a matter within the district attorney's discretion. Of course, it's within the district attorney's discretion. But you would imagine that a case of this magnitude would warrant the hiring of someone with a particular level of expertise. You have to ask the question at that point, is Fannie Willis really trying to win this case against Donald Trump? Does she even think she can win this case against Donald Trump? Or did she just see an opportunity to do a quick cash grab? Because she knows that Nathan Wade is going to be on the books for quite some time, which means that they're going to be able to double dip for as long as this trial is going on. Any aspect of this trial is going on. Uh, continuing, he says, similarly, I haven't found a reason that the allegations of the alleged violations of Fulton County Code are relevant in and of themselves. So everything outside of the relationship and the money that changed hands, that's uh, no longer going to be something that Judge McAfee is even going to consider. But to be quite frank, I don't think that he needs to consider anything else. The personal relationships and the financial benefit, that is uh, of of uh, the utmost import because it shows that Fannie Willis uh, does not have the sort of ethics that are necessary uh, to be a district attorney or or to be someone who ought to be acting as district attorney as we've seen on so many different occasions simply the the presence of a bar card and the existence of your legal degree uh, does not merit the idea that you are a moral and ethical person uh, all too often and I spoke to Christina about this on Saturday night it seems like there are a lot of crooked lawyers out there. Now, obviously, there's a lot of lawyers, uh, crooked and non-crooked. It just so happens that the crooked ones are, who are willing to do whatever it takes, they end up getting jobs because other crooked lawyers have already gotten jobs before them. It's this sick sort of nepotism. And the honest lawyers, they're not willing to debase themselves. They're not willing uh, to to lower their moral standards or their ethical standards. And so they end up out there in a, a different sort of uh, arena practicing law. Uh, let me see. Thank you to Sean Joe. Thank you to Thick Ray who says cruising and lurking, outstanding monologue. Thank you so much, Thick Ray. Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe, thank you as well. Uh, all right. And you know what? Now I feel like I need to prove to everybody uh, Donald Trump dancing glasses. Okay. Uh, Donald Trump dances with cheerleaders during the Super Bowl. No, that's not it. Mm. All right. So I'm going to have to find this specific thing. But this is like this is a classic Donald Trump meme, guys. I guess I was I'm, I'm kind of shocked that nobody that certain people haven't seen this or heard of it before. But, yeah, I mean, that was that was Donald Trump. All right. All right. So speaking of the POTUS, uh, 
President Trump has officially asked the Supreme Court to intervene in the question of his presidential immunity after the appeals court just rejected it last week. So he's asked the Supreme Court to intervene in this bid to secure his presidential immunity so they can get this election interference case dismissed upon those factors. Now, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals last week said, uh uh-uh, but of course it is Washington, D.C., Well, I think that pretty much everybody believed that they were going to say from the get-go that he does not have any immunity uh, and that any cases brought by special counsel Jack Smith are therefore going to be allowed to proceed as normal. But uh, the issue of the mandate itself has been held off uh, until today because that was when President Trump was able to get to the Supreme Court and ask them specifically to step in. So his request to the Supreme Court to pause this mandate while he files his ultimate appeal uh, means that uh, this trial, uh, which is being overseen by D.C. Circuit Court or excuse me, District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin, is continuing on in its paused format. Uh, the presidential appeal is what everything hinges upon. I, I find it highly unlikely that the U.S. Supreme Court is not going to choose to, uh, to to rule upon this particular issue. The issue of presidential immunity has been long standing. I mean, it, it just I mean, you have have to have presidential immunity because you got to be making the hard decisions. Now, what will be ultimately interesting is if they they reject the idea that they don't want to rule on it and the and, and the ruling from the appeals court stands and then President Trump still beats all these charges because then at that point once he become, becomes president again, he can direct the Department of Justice to go after whichever crooked politicians and presidents came before him. And there isn't a single one of them that will be able to claim that they had any immunity at all. So initially, the trial had been scheduled for March 4th. There is no way that that's going to happen. Chutkin has vacated it in the meantime. But uh, this bid uh, upon his case, it all rests with the immunity claim. Uh, and as soon as this appeal goes through with the Supreme Court, you know, they're going to go ahead and rule on it and everything uh, is basically going to be moot at that point. Now, as Christina was saying, there, there's no specific rule that says that the Supreme Court has to rule on this quickly. Uh, this may be something that they kind of let simmer and they talk about all summer. So even if they reject his immunity, there is a distinct possibility that he gets reelected as president. And then he has to face whatever he's going to face. But of course, at that point, he'll be president and he can just go ahead and take care of everything in whatever way he wants to, be it with giving himself uh, a pardon. But I don't think he wants to do that. I I think that if that was the case, he would have offered himself a universal pardon before he left office. Um, So I think that President Trump wants to beat this by showing that he's innocent. He wants to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that the federal government has nothing on him in terms of having committed crimes. Crimes or having done anything illegal. So uh, this case of, of citizen Trump versus President Trump, uh, I think we all feel the same way. President Trump did nothing wrong. He has ultimate immunity because he's president and because he was president. He's going to be president again. And so at this point, I saw an article earlier today. Trump may win by attrition if he doesn't win uh, in, in the court. It's possible. It's totally possible. They may convict him and we still reelect him. Uh, but we have to wait and see what happens. Andre says, Zach, I hope you had a great weekend. Super Bowl was awesome. Two days left in the core. Hoorah. 
can't wait for you to get out, my friend. And uh, congratulations once again on your transition into civilian life. I actually didn't watch this, the Super Bowl, but we are going to talk about some of the commercials. Uh, but yes, I heard that it was a real nail biter there at the end. All right. So. Uh, as we get closer to the election to election season and November 5th specifically, uh, I think that a lot of people are waiting to see when the next shoe is going to drop. If they're not going to be able to stop Trump at the ballot box or in the court systems, then what other possible tricks could they have up their sleeves? Well, a lot of people have suggested that another pandemic is a really easy way to get that taken care of. And uh, wouldn't you know it just announced this morning. Health officials are confirming a case of bubonic plague in the United States. Bubonic plague, also colloquially known as the Black Plague, wiped out half of Europe in the Dark Ages. Now, it should not be a surprise that this is happening in Oregon. Oregon, of course, is a cesspool here in the United States, not because of the good people of Oregon, but because of the horrible leadership of Oregon. They've essentially decriminalized all drugs. You can walk down the streets of Portland and you just got to make sure you're not stepping on needles or uh, or getting a, a hot crack ember in your eye as uh, cars drive by. So it's believed that the person who they've discovered uh, to have contracted bubonic plague got it through their cat. Now, I've never heard of cats having bubonic plague before, but to be fair, I haven't heard about anyone in the modern era suffering from bubonic plague. But they said that all close contacts of the resident and their pet have been contacted and provided medication to prevent illness. Uh, this is coming from Deutsch County Health Officer Dr. Richard Fawcett. He said this in a press release. Deutsch County explained that the symptoms of the plague typically begin in humans two to eight days after exposure to an infected animal or flea. The last I well, okay, that's right. It is. It's actually the fleas that have it. So. Back in the Middle Ages, it was the rats that had the plague. So the fleas would be on the rats, and then the rats would end up in your bed, and then you'd get the plague, and then you and your entire family would die. Tragedy. So symptoms may include, keep an eye out in case you happen to be around uh, one of these Democrat hellholes, a sudden onset case of fever, nausea, weakness, chills, muscle aches, and or visibly swollen lymph nodes. If I'm not mistaken, your neck will puff up like you've got a goiter or something. If you do not get diagnosed early, bubonic plague can progress to systemic plague, which includes an infection of your bloodstream. Uh, Also, uh, pneumonic plague, which is a lung infection. These forms of the plague are a lot more severe. They're uh, quite a bit more difficult to treat and control. Now, fortunately, in this case, it was identified rather early. They were able to treat it in the earlier stages, so they believe it poses is little to no risk to the community, but you know, who's to know you're not going to start seeing cases of bubonic plague pop up in all of the Democrat-controlled cities all around the country. The, the last time a case of the plague was reported in the United States was also in Oregon back in 2015. Uh, the county has also provided a number of pointers uh, to avoid becoming infected. Uh, you want to avoid all contact with rodents and their fleas. If you see a rat on the street, don't pick it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> seems like pretty simple, pretty simple, easy to follow. Never touch sick, injured, or dead rodents. Say, you know how your, you know how your little brother loves to pick up dead rats and swing them around. Well, make sure that he doesn't keep doing that. You want to keep your pets on a leash when they go outdoors uh, and protect them with flea control products. I got to be honest, you know, I mean, we we do flea stuff for the dogs and the cat uh, every uh, every month. They have a, a, a medication that they take a pill. And uh, I never think I never think about the possibility of them bringing plague home. But now I'm going to be a little bit more cognizant of it. Uh, do not allow your pets to approach sick or dead rodents uh, or to explore rodent burrows. Muffin is definitely a ratter. She's a digger. She likes to go right into those burrows. But uh, pet cats, I guess, are the most highly susceptible. Infected cats can transmit the bacterium to humans. If possible, you've got to discourage the hunting of rodents, even though I know a lot of people, if you've got a farm cat, that's the only reason you might have it. And, of course, you should consult a veterinarian immediately if you see your cat getting sick or if it's been hanging out with any rats recently. Uh, you should also keep wild rodents out of your home, and you want to remove any wood, wood piles, and other attractants for rodents around homes and outbuildings. And if you're a drug user in downtown Portland or in any other area in uh in in the Oregon area, you know, just make sure that you got rat traps set up. Also, do not camp, sleep or rest near animal burrows. This is also a big problem for residents of Washington and Oregon. Uh you want to refrain from feeding squirrels, I guess. Also chipmunks, even though they're cute as all get out. Uh but any other wild rodents in campgrounds or picnic areas, stay away from them, don't try to feed them. Uh and make sure that you wear long pants tucked into your boots to reduce exposure to fleas. That is Hiking 101. Okay, guys, uh, we got to talk now about the commercials uh, from the Super Bowl yesterday. Like I said, I, I didn't watch it. You guys know I don't watch sport ball. Uh, I know that a lot of people do like football. If, if you do, that's totally cool. I'm not bagging you for it. Um, but it's just never been something that I was interested in. I used to play soccer and basketball when I was a kid. My dad and I used to watch basketball together. I just could never get into football. I, I don't know what it was. But Anyways, beginning with one of the uh, most memorable commercials yesterday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, played an ad. Now, this ad was actually an ad that was run by his uncle, JFK, back in the 1960s, I uh, believe when he was running for his second term for president. Uh, or maybe, you know, I, honestly, I don't know the year that it came out now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but uh, this... It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's gotta be the first one. Okay. So anyways, it's essentially a, a little nostalgic reel. It shows a whole bunch of signs and then of course supporters. And it just says Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. It seems a little simplistic, but you got to remember back in the day in the 1960s, uh, they hadn't really fine tuned. <laughs> <laughs> the propaganda mill in the way that they have now. I suppose it's better than like a seven second TikTok reel, which says the same thing over and over and over again, even though it kind of uh, effectuates the, the same sort of thing. But instead of having JFK's picture in the commercial, they had RFK's picture in the commercial. And I, when I initially heard about this, I thought, hey, that's kind of a neat idea. Obviously, it invokes the Kennedy name and, and the memory of what the Kennedys meant to America back then. Of course, that Luster has long since worn off, but let's go ahead. Take a look. All 
right. So you get the picture. Now, what's interesting about this ad is that apparently uh, the the libtard family members of the Kennedy clan that don't like RFK because he's a vaccine uh, denier uh, and they claim that his politics are all messed up. I guess they were really offended by this ad and RFK ended up putting out an apology tweet. I just feel like this is such a bad look. He says, I'm so sorry if the Super Bowl advertisement caused anyone in my family pain. The ad was created and aired by the American Values Super PAC without any involvement or approval from my campaign. FEC rules prohibit Super PACs from consulting with me or my staff. I love you all. God bless. All right. So why need... Why the need to apologize, really? I mean, if somebody is getting their panties in a bunch uh, because you're running for president and you happen to be using something which is out there in the public domain, you know, it, it's, a, it's a campaign ad that your uncle used back in the 60s. Uh, and, of course, RFK Jr.'s pol- politics is not all that different from JFK. What's different is the ultra left-wing Democrat base that engages in this cancel culture sort of, uh, I don't know, vitriol that we're seeing all over the place. So I I just felt like it made RFK look weak, not that I was planning to vote for him or anything, um, but I think that there would have been a a better way to handle it. Um, Now, it it took away any power that the ad might have had, and instead it just reminded you that – He's weak. And, you know, as much as he may want to be president, his family is chirping in his ears. You know, if he ends up getting into the White House, how much influence do you think those libtard Kennedy clanners are going to have on RFK Jr.? More than I want them to. So we're going to go ahead and write that one off. Another interesting commercial, Pfizer rolled this commercial out and they compared themselves to Isaac Newton, Einstein and Copernicus. Some of the greats from science throughout the ages. Let's take a look at this one. Tonight, I'm gonna oh, have myself a good time. I feel alive. Actually, I feel dead because I took the Pfizer mRNA clot shot. Don't stop me now. Don't stop me. I'm having- so, interesting because it's also using uh, pieces of history to send this message out to people that Pfizer, oh my God, we are Pfizer. We're saving the world through science and technology when the actual truth is just the opposite. Uh, it's all about saving the world or wait a second, guys. Is it, is it about saving the world or is it about making billions of dollars on products that don't work? But the government is telling us that if we don't take them, well, then we can't go to work. Uh, you have to say that there is a fair amount of, uh, of a, a, a lack of recognition of the truth and also a fair amount of uh, a personal delusion. Now, I don't believe that Pfizer or anyone at Pfizer, anybody who worked on this ad believes exactly what they're saying here, that they are, you know, some like icons of science or anything like that. Uh, this is, again, more about uh, a propaganda mission. I think it's also no coincidence that Travis Kels and uh, his team, he works for Pfizer. He is a Pfizer uh, spokesperson uh, that uh, that they won the Super Bowl yesterday. I'm not saying the whole thing was rigged, but, you know, I mean, 
All it takes is a couple of people to make sure that a a particular outcome is what you end up with. And uh, and there you go. Travis Kels, the golden boy of the NFL who loves his vaccines and uh, Taylor Swift, who loves Joe Biden. Man, it's a match made in heaven. You know, you might think that maybe he's going to run for president someday. Who knows? Probably my favorite commercial and the one that made me the angriest was Joe Biden's tone deaf message to the American people. And it happens to be a message to snack companies, food companies. Um, I'm just going to play it because I couldn't believe how tone deaf it was. Uh, Lisa brought it to me and I said, this has to be an effing joke. They they put this out for real. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. Does anyone believe that companies are going to change their business practices because Joe Biden put out a commercial on the Super Bowl, a seven million dollar commercial on the Super Bowl? I mean, since Joe Biden took over. The price of food has risen by 33% in three years. Because of his disastrous economic policies, inflation is rising at record rates. Joe Biden, portraying himself as some sort of champion of the little guy, is really just a slap in the face to the American people. Uh, this is also nothing new. For as long as I've been alive... Companies like Nabisco and uh, whoever, uh, Doritos and Tostitos, uh, they have been making their products just a little bit smaller. Oftentimes they keep the box or the bag the same size and they put less inside of it. And then they say something, oh, it's based on uh, weight, not by volume. Freight Awakening says DJT on SNL with the glasses. Uh, man, I knew you'd come through for me, brother. Uh, thank you so much for helping me sauce that. Copy link address. Uh, one minute and 30 second mark. Okay, as soon as we're done making fun of Joe Biden one last time, we'll go ahead and jump ahead to watch uh, Donald Trump on SNL. Hold on. Pause, pause, pause. Okay, so... <clears throat> How about you keep the IRS's hands out of my pocket? Uh, how about you keep the price of gasoline down? How about you stop putting uh, uh, unnecessary sanctions on other nations around the world, which then end up backfiring on the American people, causing the price of everything to rise? I mean, it's not just Americans the average person that are paying more for stuff. I mean, these companies, they are American companies. Uh, they're also paying more for everything. And if they want to continue to make profits, well, then they have no choice other than 
to raise prices. So although Joe Biden would like to believe that he could successfully convince the American public that it's not him, he's got he's got your back. Joe's got your back. It's actually these greedy food companies. Well, what about the greedy politicians of Washington, D.C.? Sure, food prices are up by 33 percent. I wonder how much the salaries of the average federal employee have gone up. Oh, I know. They have been raised by record levels since Joe Biden came into office. And the salaries of those senators and congressmen in Washington, D.C. have also continued to rise. You know, you're making less money. I'm making less money. But the bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., they continue to make more money than ever before. And the types of people... Poor Americans who can't afford to purchase raw ingredients to make healthy meals, the ones who are going to the grocery store and buying Doritos and Cheese Whiz and Oreo cookies and living off of that junk, those are the people who are hit hardest out of all of us. So Joe Biden is a fraud. All right, now I might have said that that one was my favorite. I'm sorry, that one was my the one that made me the angriest. Probably my favorite was DJT uh, blasting a hole in Nikki Haley's flagging campaign. Now, you may not have seen this ad uh, if you don't live in the South Carolina area, but President Trump released this Super Bowl ad specifically for that market. And it really does a good job of contrasting and comparing the two different campaigns, President Trump's campaign versus Haley's campaign. Also, the issues like Social Security and uh, Nikki Haley's attempts to rewrite her position on a number of different issues. Now, President Trump has said that he has no plans to touch Social Security. He said under no circumstances should Republicans vote to cut a single penny from Medicaid or Social Security. Uh, Let's go ahead and watch the ad and we can see how President Trump handles uh, Miss Nikki. Miss Nikki? Prove the fact that Donald Trump says I want to cut Social Security or raise the age. I've never said that. There's the red challenge hat. Trump's challenging Haley's statement. Haley's claim she didn't call for raising the age of Social Security is under review. Tony, here's exactly what the official is looking at. Social Security, Medicare, how would you manage the entitlements? We say the rules have changed. What we do know is 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. 65 is way too low, and we need to increase that. Let's take a look at another. All right. And I don't really think we need to see anything else because Nikki Haley is a liar. She is a typical Washington, D.C. bureaucrat, the same kind that we have been fighting against all over America. And Donald Trump is the exact opposite of that. He's also the exact opposite of Joe Biden. Now, I mentioned a lot of people think that the game yesterday was rigged, uh, and they seem to think that even more after Joe Biden posted this creepy, dark Brandon image from his official Twitter account right after the game. What did it say? Uh, it said, just like we drew it up. Uh, which seems to indicate that there was some sort of a plan that Joe Biden and his regime were involved in. Uh, does that mean that they're admitting that they rigged the Super Bowl so that they could get Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift into the hearts and minds of the American people? I don't know. But I will tell you this, that this image of Joe Biden in this dark Brandon motif, which was stolen from conservatives who had the dark MAGA motif aesthetic, uh, this really just makes Joe Biden appear to be 
even more of an authoritarian dictator because that's exactly what he is. You know, the idea of dark MAGA is us getting payback on people like Joe Biden and the Washington, D.C. New World Order establishment because they have been stripping away our civil liberties. They have been dragging every penny they can out of our pockets, and they have been essentially taxing us into oblivion while at the same time keeping us on the verge of World War Three. The one thing they haven't been doing has been going after real criminals, uh, like, let's say, perhaps the people who killed Jeffrey Epstein. Now, Jeffrey's brother, Mark Epstein, is still out there, still speaking about the fact that his brother was murdered. And over the weekend, he brought to light new claims of never before seen evidence that suggest Jeffrey may have been murdered. And, you know, there's a reason why we have that that meme. Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, Mark did an interview with Megyn Kelly, uh, and uh, he raised questions again about the official narrative about the quote unquote suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. Mark has, is discussing this never before seen evidence and a number of inconsistencies surrounding the circumstances of his brother's death, which, of course, many people believe was a homicide. If you even believe that Jeffrey Epstein is truly dead at all and not living in a beautiful villa in Montenegro or something similar. So Mark began by recounting how he initially believed his brother's death was a suicide when he first heard about it on television. I'm wondering if he saw any of our programs <laughs> Changed his mind as a result, but he was concerned about the accuracy of the investigation. I mean, come on, it's Jeffrey Epstein and a lot of people were going to be very happy if he somehow ended up on the wrong end of a bedsheet in a maximum security lockup that had cameras all over the place. I mean, come on, what are you going to tell us that the cameras all quit working at the exact same time? Uh, oh, oh, that is that's that's actually what happened. OK, you know, he probably thought when he learned of his brother's death, well, you know, if it's not a suicide, they've got to have somebody on camera committing the murder. Oops, I guess not. Uh, and don't forget, he hired Dr. Michael Baden. Michael Baden is a renowned forensic pathologist. Baden witnessed the autopsy. Now, he wasn't waiting for it. He wasn't expecting this to happen. But Dr. Baden uh, concluded that the injuries that Jeffrey sustained were inconsistent with the suicide by hanging. They noted that Jeffrey had his three broken neck bones in his neck. And that is absolutely not common when it comes to a suicide by hanging. So. It makes it clear that there's nobody who has more experience with prison deaths than Dr. Baden. And he said he's never seen these results like three broken bones in Jeffrey's neck from a suicidal hanging like this. So, of course, the question is, if Jeffrey didn't commit suicide, well, then he was killed. And then if he was killed, then by who? How was it done? These are questions that have started to come up. So as a result of these conversations, he turned to Attorney General Bill Barr's public statements regarding the case. And Mark Epstein criticized the assertion that he personally viewed the video footage from the camera outside the tier where Jeffrey's cell was located because Barr claimed that no one entered, no one exited, and that led him to conclude that it was actually a suicide. Uh, however, Mark and many of us out here find that statement to be dubious. I certainly do question Bill Barr's ability to personally review hours of video footage and suggest that it may be an attempt to cover up the truth. When I heard him make that statement, I thought he's either the dumbest guy on the planet or he's covering something up. I'll tell you what, Bill Barr is not stupid. He is definitely covering something up. Number one. 
to presume that somebody could get to the door, go in undetected, kill somebody and go out and leave undetected is ridiculous because there are six levels of security before you get to that tier. This was a maximum security place in the prison. No, of course, the only way someone could get in undetected is if they had help from those six different levels of security in the uh, lockup there in New York. So that didn't make any sense. And when he said he personally saw the videotape, watch the videotape. I saw it. Well, this is Attorney General Barr of the United States. Could I see him sitting by a monitor watching an entire night's worth of footage just to make sure that nobody went in or out? Uh, couldn't he have people in his office watch the videotape for him and then just say, well, nobody went in or out? Well, when I heard that he personally watched the videotape and he concluded it was a suicide because nobody went in or out, I said, this is bullshit. So Mark continued by saying that he had heard about the cell doors being left unlocked. Isn't that a funny coincidence? That would not have been allowed at any other prisons uh, and it wouldn't have been allowed to happen to any other prisoners. Uh, the frustration that Mark is harboring as a result of his attempts to gain information and constantly being stonewalled, not only by people in the jail, but of course the jail itself and then the people who are working there, it has essentially brought him to the conclusion that, yeah, likely his brother was murdered. So he continued, I I think 11 other prisoners were on that tier. And in their cells, uh, those 11 other prisoners could have been suspects in his killing. He he said early on in his investigations, he had heard from some kind of reliable source that the cell doors were left unlocked. I heard that myself. We reported it here on the channel. So if the cell doors had been left unlocked, I don't know how many. I don't know which ones. But obviously, somebody could have gotten out, they killed him, and then they would have went back into their cell and easily could have been done just like that. So he's been working to try to find out who were those 11 prisoners, because if Jeff was killed... There were six levels of security. The witness, excuse me, the, the facts of the matter point to one of those 11 other prisoners or prisoners. Uh, and then, of course, there is the likely chance that it was Jeffrey Epstein's uh, former cellmate and maybe current cellmate at the time of his death, the same one who had been alleged to have beaten the hell out of him previously. Uh, now, also, Mark had stated that he spoke to other media outlets. He had submitted requests for information about the case, but nobody wanted to help him. Isn't that strange? There seemed to be the existence of functioning surveillance footage from outside of that tier, but he was unable to gain access to it. We can't get the footage. They've been asked a number of times when they took Jeff off of that tier, when they took his body out of the tier, when they brought him to the infirmary, where's the footage, from what period of time they When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. won't answer that can you think of a good reason why they would keep that information from uh from uh, uh the brother of a decedent someone who died while in the care and uh and 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 uh and and care of a, a federal a federal institution uh furthermore he stated that during a meeting with doj officials 
They gave him a pretty generic response that the death had been ruled a suicide after a thorough investigation. However, the investigation really hadn't been done that thoroughly because there was all kinds of questions that he had still. But emergency responders and hospital staff that were involved in the case, guess this, they were never even questioned by authorities. This seems to be highly unusual given how profile this murder was. And again, because it happened while on the watch of federal employees, uh, there were procedural irregularities that Mark found. His brother's body should not have been moved from that cell before the medical team arrived. And the position and condition of a deceased person is, of course, of critical import in an investigation of this type. So. I think it's pretty obvious that Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. And, you know, if there's anybody who's going to be going after uh, the uh, the actual killers, let his brother do it. Maybe he's going to find out more information than the rest of us. I don't know if Mark Epstein ever profited from any of the activities that his brother was engaged in. But it's reasonable to assume that maybe he was uh, betrothed or bequothed some money in the wake of Jeffrey's death. And if that's what it takes is using Jeffrey Epstein's money to find out who killed Jeffrey Epstein, I say, let's go ahead and go for it. All right. So tragedy occurred yesterday, guys. Not the 49ers losing the Super Bowl, but we had another church shooter. Only this time, it was at Joel Osteen's church. Of course, Joel Osteen is a mega preacher. Uh, it wasn't a small rural black church, so it didn't garner much attention by the mainstream media. And there's also another reason why it didn't garner much attention. Likely the fact that Jeffrey Escalantamoreno, how do you say this? Escalantamoreno, Escalantamoreno, Jeffrey Escalantamoreno, uh, was the shooter. And Jeffrey was trans. Uh, he was also an immigrant from El Salvador. And the shooting itself was done for a very specific reason. Uh, this person now identifies as Janessi Ivan Moreno. It's a 36-year-old transgender immigrant from El Salvador. Uh, and multiple witnesses reported this before the, the, the mainstream media was forced to admit it. Uh, Moreno is a, uh, a, a a prodigious criminal having a record that stretches back to 2005. I don't know when Genesee changed their name from Jeffrey, uh, but uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety just has it on file that that is exactly what happened. Lots of different aliases here. Uh, but anyways, uh, the, the past arrests that Jeffrey was involved in, a paint a fairly troubling picture. Once again, known to authorities. This keeps happening. Known to authorities. Uh, there was a wide range of offenses that Jeffrey had been involved in, including failure to stop and give information, uh, assault of a public servant, uh, assault causing bodily injury, forgery, forgery. That's a big one. That's like, you get the, uh, if it was money, then obviously the Secret Service is going to be involved. Uh, possession of marijuana, theft, evading arrest, and the unlawful carrying of a weapon. So witnesses at the church report that Moreno was dressed in a black trench coat. They were carrying a backpack and alarmingly was accompanied by a child as they entered the church along with a long rifle. So uh, when Moreno walked in, threw up the AR-15, and started shooting, they screamed, free Palestine. So we have pretty 
much a trifecta here in terms of the sorts of lunatics that engage in mass shootings nowadays. They're going to be trans. Uh, they may be a migrant and they're going to be a libtard. Uh, and of course, in this instance, they were also fr- saying free Palestine. So it just kind of gives us an idea of where their head was at. Uh, they walked into the building around 2 p.m. They brought this kid with them. The kid was like four or five years old. Obviously, they did it to appear as if they were harmless or maybe to use the child as a human shield if need be immediately open fire said free Palestine and the church was right in the middle of transitioning between services. They were gearing up for a Spanish language service. And at that moment, all hell broke loose. The televangelist and pastor, uh, Joel Osteen, gave a statement about this. He spoke about it at a news conference yesterday. He said it was a moment of transition. I can only imagine what could have occurred if it happened during the 11 o'clock service. So I guess that would mean that there were fewer people in the church uh, than there normally would be. Uh, two off-duty police officers, a 28-year-old from the Houston PD and then a 38-year-old Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission agent, uh, both with under five years of service, confirmed fronted the shooter and resulted in him, the shooter, Jeffrey, also known as Genesee, getting shot. Unfortunately, God rest his soul, a 57-year-old man who was caught in the situation as an innocent bystander was shot in the leg. Uh, the child and the relationship to Moreno has not yet been established. Uh, that child was also shot and is currently in critical condition. Now, I did hear that one person has died. But, you know, and I, I saw this, a report that they're reporting on the shooting and the uh, a female shooter walked into Joel Osteen's Houston Lakewood megachurch and opened fire Sunday. But it wasn't a female. It was a transgender. It was a man by the name of Jeffrey. Um, and uh, I could have sworn that I saw that two people, including a five-year-old boy, were shot. OK, so the guy was shot in the leg. The five-year-old boy was also shot in critical condition. I thought I could have sworn that I saw that somebody had died as a result of this. Um, yeah, yeah, so awful. So, um, yeah, and and not making any judgments about uh, who Joel Osteen is or the um, uh, the nature of his church. Um, I think that it's highly possible that this shooting uh, – was motivated by the ideology of the person who committed it. And it's also highly likely that it was a direct action to draw attention away from all of the bad press that the Biden regime had last week. So uh, we'll see. And we're going to get more information. We'll see what it is. Uh, so did, did you guys see any? the shooter died? Ah, no wonder. We, we don't need to... <laughs> It's a celebration. We don't have to be sad about the shooter dying. Okay, so yeah, no no people died. No innocent people died. Only the shooter. Good. Good on you. But I hope that five-year-old's okay. All right, so Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is not out of the woods yet. It was reported yesterday by the Pentagon that he's black. black. He's back in the hospital with his bladder issue. Uh, now, the reason he went to the hospital before was because he was having an issue with his bladder. They had to relieve it. He was not able to pee on his own because he had initially been treated for prostate cancer. Uh, and at the age of 70, now on his second or third trip back to the hospital, um, it's uh, it's not a pretty scene. 
And, of course, a lot of people, when this was initially reported yesterday, were remembering what went down before. They tried to keep it a secret. Lloyd Austin was uh, incapacitated. He actually had to go under the knife, and he was anesthetized. Uh, and he never gave power to the next in command. But uh, he's gotten a lot of criticism for that. He, he not only didn't tell anybody about his hospital stay, he didn't tell anybody about his cancer diagnosis. He didn't tell anybody about the complications from his prostate surgery. Surgery. Uh, and he, he didn't just keep it a secret from the American people. He kept it a secret from the Biden regime. He kept it a secret from the Pentagon. Uh, and pretty much everybody is looking at Lloyd Austin and saying, hey, he needs to be removed from his position. The question is, uh, who in the hell would Joe Biden choose to be SecDef after this? And do you trust his leadership to the point where you could say, yeah, I trust that pick. I, I trust that Joe Biden's going to do the right thing. So this hospitalization uh, that was announced yesterday um, is not a good sign, not only for Lloyd Austin's continuance in this position, but also uh, for his health and well-being. Uh, coming from the Pentagon, at approximately 2 p.m., Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin III was transported by his security detail to Walter Reed National Military Center. Remember, before they, they wanted the ambulance to show up without the flashers, without the sirens, they wanted to keep this secret. But he was uh, being seen for symptoms suggesting an emergent bladder issue. Uh, at this time, the secretary is retaining the functions and duties of the office. However, it was announced later yesterday that Lloyd Austin actually was planning to give his power and authority over to the next in command. Uh, after being admitted, after the doctors examined him, it was determined that this ongoing battle with his bladder and his prostate cancer is more than he can simply handle on his own. So after the Pentagon announced that he was going back into the hospital, probably after a fair amount of um, uh, badgering, I would say, by maybe underlings, maybe even from the Biden White House itself, if not Joe Biden, uh, it was decided that Austin is now going to be handing over the reins of power uh, to the Deputy Secretary of Defense. Her name is Kathleen Hicks. Now, uh, I don't know how long she's going to stay in this position. Seems like Lloyd Austin needs to stay off his feet uh, and get better. I don't know how long that's going to take because it seems that he seems to, he seems to have some sort of systemic problem going on. Uh, and uh, this is it. You know, Lloyd Austin is going to have to hand over power and we'll see. Uh, what does Catherine uh, Deputy Secretary Catherine Hicks? Uh, she was. Hang on. I thought there was a different quote in here regarding. Nope. That's it. That's all I got in Lloyd Austin. All right. So speaking of people who need to be removed from their position, um, Mike Lee is calling for the ouster of Mitch McConnell. And, and I think that uh, on the Republican side, this is totally warranted. Um so listen to this. Mike Lee sat down uh, over the weekend with uh, Sunday Morning Futures Maria Bartiromo, uh, and uh, she asked him, why do you want Mitch McConnell to step down? Uh, Lee said, look, Republican senators are not part of some feudal system. We each are represented too. We are each representing our own states. And in occasion after occasion, bill after bill, we have seen Senate Republican leadership joining ranks with all or most Democrats, sharply dividing Republicans actively alienating most Republican voters and taking a different position than most Republican senators in order to enact Democratic priorities and things that unite the Senate Democrat conference. 
difference. I agree with him, uh, which is why I want to talk about this clandestine mission that Mitch McConnell entered into with his Democrat counterpart. He, Mitch McConnell, and uh, of, of course Chuck Schumer, secretly over the weekend passed a Senate resolution for Ukraine funding, uh, which includes a ticking time bomb for President Trump. I mean, talk about aligning yourself with the opposition. Uh, in this unusual vote that they held yesterday, uh, it pushes some $95 billion to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, and includes nothing for the southern border. The original package included $60 billion for Ukraine and $14 billion for Israel. But after the people of America spoke up and said, hell no, we don't want you passing this bill, uh, they decided to instead do it in secret and give even more money to these deep state governments uh, all around the world. By a vote of 67 to 27, the Senate invoked cloture on Murray Substitute Amendment 1388 H.R. 815 legislative vehicle for supplemental appropriations. We had 67 senators voting in favor of funding additional wars around the world, 27 senators opposed, all of whom were Republicans. I want to say there was like 12 or 18 Republicans that voted with the Democrats. It could have been possible if we would have had a a one or two senators on the Democrat side say, you know, I'm not interested. Then we might have been able to keep this from going through. Of course, it's going to go to the House now and it's the Democrat, excuse me, it's the Republican Republicans who control the House. So we'll see what happens. But uh, J.D. Vance said earlier today that uh, the Senate funding package includes language that makes it impossible for President Trump to terminate the Ukraine war funding when he gets in for a second term. Essentially, they inserted language at the 11th hour uh, that specifically is designed to target President Trump, because I'm sure you're all aware that President Trump would want to end the situation in Ukraine as soon as he comes back. Uh, they essentially buried in the bill some text that would suggest that if President Trump tries to stop funding the Ukraine war, then it will result in his immediate impeachment. Uh, And so knowing that, all of the Republicans uh, that uh, voted with the Democrats, they went ahead and did it anyways. Uh, Rhonda929, thank you very much for joining as a monthly supporter over there on uh, Rumble. I do appreciate it. Thank you for the support. So, uh, For this reason and for many others, I think that uh, Mike Lee is correct. Uh, Mitch McConnell needs to step down, uh, and he's not the only one. We seem to have uh, just an unlimited number of geriatric patients in Washington, D.C. that are doing everything within their power to screw the average American uh, and uh, to make them feel the pain more than anything else. Uh, You know, Chuck Schumer said he was going to send us to to go to war. Uh, Mitch McConnell said, I got you one better. Let's just give let's give the Ukrainians all of their money. And then these American voters who hate us are not going to have to worry about going at all. Now, this uh, this provision is not going to be enacted unless uh, the uh, similar bill passes in the House. I can't see that happening. And I think it's possible for President Trump to end the uh, stalemate, if you will, in Ukraine simply by just going to Vladimir Putin and saying, let's sit down and let's talk it out. So he could force Zelensky into essentially just saying, fine, we're not going to fight anymore. So once that happens, uh, there's no need to keep pumping money into it. Um, But 
I think that Mitch McConnell needs to hear about this. And uh, in the same reason that I think he should no longer remain in office, certainly not in a position of leadership. A lot of other Americans are looking at Joe Biden and saying the same thing. We have reached a a threshold, a tipping point here in this country because uh, nearly 90 percent of Americans believe that Joe Biden is simply too old to serve another term as president. You know, a lot of people will point out President Trump, he's only four years younger than him or something like that. However, there is a chasm. There is a vast, vast chasm between President Trump and Joe Biden. President Trump is astute. He is uh, quick on his feet. He's also nimble. The man doesn't fall down everywhere. And he is hard working. Okay, he is out there more than anybody else in the political scene, certainly more than Joe Biden. Uh, Donald Trump gets more done in the first 10 minutes that he's up every morning than Joe Biden gets done at all. And an overwhelming a, a majority of Americans agree with me on that. Simply put, Joe Biden is too old. Now, the special counsel report that came out last week, uh, well, I think that that might have done a fair amount uh, to specifically change the minds of a lot of people, or certainly it made it okay for them to go ahead and uh, say that quiet part out loud. Joe Biden is already the oldest president in U.S. history. Uh, If he comes back for a second term, God forbid, uh, he would be 86 years old at the end of that second term. President Trump is currently 77. Only, listen to this, only 3% of Americans view President Trump as too old compared to another term. Uh, now, most Americans view both of them as old. I mean, it's objectively true. Uh, but only 11% didn't think that either were. I think that that's not an honest answer. I don't see how, I mean, you know, you're over the age of 70. I mean, you're, you're old. I mean, you're in your older golden years. I, I mean, like if I was 70, I would say, Hey, I'm old. You know, it doesn't mean that you feel old. Doesn't mean that your mind isn't operating in the same way as it did when you were 25, 35, 45. But this report from Robert Hur did a lot of damage to Joe Biden. We saw a little bit of the press conference last week, and uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, from the report itself, based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s on a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness, indicating that Joe Biden is either too old or too mentally inept to even realize what he's done. And the press conference that Biden held in the wake of that reveal uh, certainly did not do him any favors. Now, uh, certainly Hillary Clinton was paying attention because she's now suddenly jumped on that train. If I'm not mistaken, uh, during Joe Biden's run for president, Hillary Clinton was one of those cheerleaders who was out there saying, you know, Joe Biden's not too old. This man, he's the only one who can do it. He's an elder statesman. He's got 50 plus years of experience. If anybody's going to represent America, it's Joe Biden. Uh, however, now she says that his age is a legitimate issue and people in the White House behind the scenes are talking about it. Now, Hillary Clinton knows a thing or two about losing, and she can see the writing on the wall. She knows that there's no way that Joe Biden is going to win this next election. I mean, let's be honest. She knows he didn't win the first election. But more than anything, she knows that there's no way to convince the American people, again, that he is the most popular candidate in the history of politics. There's 
No freaking way. So, special counsel's report, 345 pages of damning evidence against Joe Biden. The same sort of evidence that they've presented against Donald Trump, only it's a very different situation. But, you know, Robert Hur suggested, uh, I mean, he flat out stated that Joe Biden willfully retained classified information. Uh, but he chose not to charge him for it. He said there is evidence that Biden retained classified notebooks, knowing that he was not allowed to do so. And the Justice Department defended not bringing charges against Biden because he's a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Now, if this was anybody else, I don't know, like, say, Donald Trump, all right, those things wouldn't mean a damn thing. Uh, they would go ahead and charge him. In fact, they have charged him. They charged him for the exact same things that they're claiming and stating that Joe Biden actually did. The only difference is that Donald Trump isn't feeble and infirmed. Uh, people look at Donald Trump and they know that man has his wits about them. So why is it that they were trying to use the 25th Amendment while he was in office to try to get him removed from office? I mean, why were they even talking about it at all? Uh, now, Hillary Clinton was asked about this over the weekend. Let's go ahead and hear what the 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 witch of uh, of D.C. had to say. Now, the latest national NBC News poll shows that 76 percent of voters are concerned about President Biden's aid. Well, so they, they obviously I don't know if, if people <laughs> this is from February 6th. So it obviously got a lot worse, <laughs> got like 10 points worse in the week since. OK, on Wednesday, I asked former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton about this fact and how Biden should handle it. Ooh, ooh. So Hillary Clinton answered these questions before the special counsel's report even came out. Some tells me she had a she had a, 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 a an inside track on that. The thing, the X factor in all of this, the thing that we keep seeing in poll after poll after poll is concern about Biden's age. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. What should he do on this? Does he is it is a matter of sort of like. Uh, underscoring his boundless energy or mm-hmm. or should he embrace his you know eight decades on earth and the and the great wisdom he's gained through all of this i, I, I mean do you all have the above all yeah. of the above i mean i you know i talk to people in the white house all the time yeah. and oh you know they know it's an issue but as i like to say look it's a legitimate issue it's a legitimate issue for trump who's only three years younger right so it's an issue once you say that then you have to also talk about what's at stake in the election, and I'm for Joe Biden for re-election on the merits, because I think he's done a really good job as president. Uh, Hillary Clinton is obviously a lying, clueless gas bag, okay? She has no idea. She knows that Joe Biden has essentially brought America to the brink of destruction. You know, she will support Joe Biden until the moment somebody else steps forward and I'm sure behind the scenes, she's telling Joe Biden, you know, hey, Joe, you should probably take a seat. Let somebody else pick this one up. You know, they'll get it to the finish line. Uh, but of course, she won't say that out outwardly. And, you know, the age thing, Hillary Clinton never said it was a problem before. It's only a problem now that it's obviously a problem. Now, Adam Schiff, for his part, yeah, he's ride or die with Biden. He claims that Robert Hur is a political hack who released a political report. Uh, but I think that anybody who read that report, I know it's 345 pages. I doubt that everyone here had the opportunity to. 
But there was nothing political in it. I mean, Robert Hur did everything he could to stop from licking Biden's feet. Uh, he actually uh, talked smack about Donald Trump. He pointed out the ways that these two cases are different. It was a lot of mental gymnastics that went into that. Um, but there was nothing political about this report. Uh, however, it's the kind of material that could be useful at some time in the future, there, the stuff, the, the stuff that Joe Biden kept was interesting. Um, you know, cause it, it's possible that, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily only mean that he's in jeopardy because we don't know what the content of that stuff was. We, we don't know if, you know, maybe there was something else in there. I mean, there's, think about everything that happened during the Obama administration, right? You know, I mean, when exactly was he taking notes? When exactly was he keeping classified material? None of it, by the way, that he had the authority or the immunity to hang on to. Uh, there's a lot of shady things that happened during the Obama administration, and now Robert Hur in the special counsel's office has got all of it, and uh, that's definitely going to be useful, or at the very least, a good read uh, once the next administration gets in there. So I can only say I hope that all of these ghosts of Christmas past come back to haunt both Biden and Obama. There's a lot of opportunity there. Now, I mentioned that disastrous press conference that Joe Biden was involved in. I downloaded it and then I accidentally deleted it. And now I'm so bummed because the White House has hidden it from public view. In fact, they may have just deleted it in its entirety. Now, I'm certain that somebody probably out there has a copy of it. And if I really wanted to, I could go find it. But, you know, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Uh, but with that Series of remarks that Joe Biden gave in the slim number of questions that he took from reporters, uh, he did a really good job of reinforcing the finding of Robert Hur's report. Uh, you know, he may not be getting charged with a crime, but he definitely committed a crime. And if he didn't have the awareness of exactly what he was doing and why it was wrong, well, then that only underscores the worst part of the entire situation, that Joe Biden is a feeble old man. Now, you can be old and have your memory and your mind intact. Joe, however, does not fit that bill. LKW Cross, thank you so much for the support over there on Ko-Fi. I actually found a thing that like uh, puts together all of the comments from Ko-Fi because they don't show up on screen, but I'm going to read them at the end of the show. Um, and... You know, there's also something else that's very important here with the way that Robert Hur laid out the two cases against Donald Trump and Joe Biden and the way that Joe Biden's being treated and the way that Donald Trump is being treated. Robert Hur actually went on record as a, a special counsel, a, a part of the Department of Justice to show that Donald Trump is being treated differently than Joe Biden is. He he made the case for a political assassination of Donald Trump through the Department of Justice and the court system here in the United States. I, I have to say, I mean, I wonder if this report is going to be of use to President Trump in another respect. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, 
it shows pretty obviously that what we and President Trump have been saying, that this is a political hit job, that if it was anybody other than Donald Trump, that they wouldn't be getting uh, uh, charged and they wouldn't be going to court. Uh, Robert Hurd told us he, he did he did exactly that. He, he put it all out there in black and white. They uh the Justice Department not going after Joe Biden because he's a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Uh, it goes to show you that if Joe Biden wasn't sympathetic, if he wasn't well-meaning, if he wasn't elderly and if he didn't have a poor memory with, you know, little ability to remember the milestones of his life. Well, then I guess the DOJ would have gone after him. Wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So I, I think that this this really does bode well for President Trump on so many different levels. But anyways, it, because of how bad it was, the White House has hidden those remarks. You can't find them anymore on the White House uh, press channel. Uh, it is completely hidden. And I'm sure that people out there are going to uh, know if there is a link where I can download it. I know there's clips that are available out there on YouTube. But if you happen to have a link to it and you want to email it to me, I would be sincerely grateful. All right. Now, uh, of course, Jill Biden, she's got a lot riding on this uh, this whole thing as well. And she is one of those people who's just as angry as Joe about the revelations that have uh, that have come out. Because, you know, you know why Jill is going to be upset about this. Nobody's going to call her Dr. Biden again. <laughs> Soon as she's not living in the White House, nobody has any reason to call her Dr. Biden. And she also won't have access to the same amenities and all of the the help and and the assistance that she's getting right now. And probably Joe's not going to remain on this uh, quality uh, uh, health insurance that he's got right now. Uh, let me see. Um, yes, they did. Yeah. Cajun. They, they didn't charge anyone else. OK. Obama did it. Pence did it. Uh, I think probably Dick Cheney did it. George W. Bush did it. Every other politician who spent time in the White House left the White House and they all held on to classified materials the way that uh, uh, Robert Hur spells it out. He says, well, Donald Trump was given the option to uh, to hand in those documents. Well, the re- he's saying that Joe Biden, as soon as he found out, well, we know that's not true because we know that much earlier before Donald Trump even began to be investigated for this, uh, Joe Biden found his documents. And the first thing they did was rather than calling the DOJ and the National Archives, they went around and they found all of them so they could figure out exactly what was there. Only then, uh, after Donald Trump had been charged, did they say, oops, sorry about that. We've got a whole bunch of stuff, too. Come on over here and pick it up. Donald Trump was freaking president of the United States, okay? He was in talks with the Department of Justice. There is nothing that says that as soon as a former president leaves that White House, they have to hand over absolutely every last paper that they ever saw when they were in there. Nothing says that. It's never happened in the history of the country. Presidents have immunity for a reason, and they get to keep damn near everything that they want for a reason. So Jill Biden lashed out in the same way as Joe Biden at Robert Hur, uh, and this is what she had to say. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Here we go. Uh, I hope you can imagine how it felt to read that attack, not just as Joe's wife, but as Bo's mother. Everybody's got to bring up Bo. Everybody's got to bring up Bo. Like I said on Saturday, you you mentioned vanilla ice cream and Joe Biden will tell you that his son Bo died in Iraq. Uh, and Jill Biden 
pretending that this is some sort of a partisan attack on her husband. Well, it's nothing more than the desperate attempts of a uh, a a fading flower, uh, a a housewife with nothing to do to hold on to some sort of relevance so that she doesn't go off into the sunset as the wife of the worst president that ever lived. And I think she will. I think there's no way around it. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is going to go off into the sunset as the stupidest White House press secretary that's ever lived. And of course, you know that many people were going to ask her about what happened at that press conference. Freight Awakening says, speaking of memory issues, don't forget to play that Trump SNL bit. Don't worry, brother. I'm not going to. I was going to wait till the end because I wanted everybody to stick with us uh, because we've got so many different things to, to watch still. All right. So Corrine Jean-Pierre asked about Biden taking a mental competency test, a competency test that every other president has been forced to take, but Joe Biden refuses to take because he knows that he will be found to be incompetent. Let's listen. One of the president's Republican presidential rivals, Nikki Haley, has called for a mental competency test for the president. Is that something that the White House is actively considering as a way to try and put to rest some of these allegations about his memory lapses? I mean, look, I'm not a medical doctor. So certainly I'm not going to stand here and make uh, opine on 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 tests or anything of that nature. Wasn't she also the one who uh, said that she wasn't a biologist because somebody asked her if (laughs) if men could have babies, if men could give birth? Oh, God. You know, this has got to be the worst job in the history of bad jobs to be the press secretary for this administration. I mean, obviously, she was not hired based upon her competency. Corinne Jean-Pierre checked the boxes. They were like, oh, it's a black lesbian. Yes, definitely. We're going to go ahead and hire her. Uh, she is a marginalized uh, person, a person of color, a uh, member of the LGBT plus community. Plus, she's a woman, even though that doesn't count anymore. You can't say that. You can't say she's a woman. Uh, she is a BIPOC, BIPOC, uh, or maybe maybe not a BIPOC. I don't know. But anyways, she checked a bunch of boxes. And so they've got Corinne Jean-Pierre right there front and center uh, because Kamala Harris isn't really uh, African American at the end of the day. I mean, she's Indian American and she's Caribbean. Uh, and, uh, even though they try to, uh, uh, to foist her upon the, uh, black community here in America, everybody sees right through it. You know, speaking of crooked justice departments, when she was in charge there in California of their justice system, she oversaw some really heinous treatment of black prisoners. She kept people in prison longer than they needed to be. So that she could get more free labor out of them. No, she is. She's a colonizer. (laughs) It's got to be the worst thing to be called when you're somebody on that side of the aisle. All right. So the, the gloves are off, guys. All right. Everybody sees it. Everybody knows. We've known this for a long time. The 25th Amendment was going to rear its ugly head and bite Joe Biden in the ass. You know, I, I think we also thought, um, that, uh, well, I mean, it's pretty clear for a while they were talking about using it against President Trump. Uh, now, you know, considering the low threshold, the low bar that they've set, I don't see how they can't not use it on Joe Biden. And the New York Times, uh, previously fawning, uh, with adoration over Joe Biden and his disastrous handling of the country. Well, now they are writing articles entitled The Question 
is not if Biden should step aside. It's how. So this article was written by one of their shill libtard journalists, uh, and he began by pointing to this report from Robert Herr, uh, the mishandling of classified documents, Biden's inability to remember basic things like, I don't know, when he was vice president of the United States of America or when his son died. Maybe that's why he keeps saying that his son died in Iraq. Maybe he actually believes that Bo died in Iraq. All right. So um, Joe Biden should not be running for reelection. That much is true. Uh, you got me, New York Times. Never thought I would be agreeing with the New York Times. That much was obvious well before the special prosecutor's comments on the president's memory lapses inspired a burst of age related angst. And Democrats who are furious at the prosecutor have to sense that it will only become more obvious as we move deeper into an actual campaign. He explained that he doesn't necessarily believe that Biden is currently unfit for the presidency, but maybe he shouldn't be seeking a second term. Uh, I think he's currently unfit. I think he shouldn't be seeking a separate term, a second term. And you know what, guys? It's okay because Kamala is ready. Kamala is ready to be president. Of course, I think uh, just about anybody in Washington, D.C. is ready at any given moment to use the title of president if they get the opportunity. But is Kamala Harris a better choice than Joe Biden? Uh, I think the answer is no. She is even less popular than Joe Biden, who, again, is a dementia patient who simply doesn't know how to wipe his own ass. Kamala Harris is hated by the American people. She can't keep staff on her staff. Most people in the world of politics would love to get a job in the White House, would love to be working for the vice president of the United States of America. But when you are as insufferable as heels up Harris, well, you know, it's just not the same thing. It's not what they promised you back in college. So. Two days after the special counsel's report was released, she gives this interview to the Wall Street Journal, of course, making the case that, hey, if push push comes to shove, guys, I am your gal. I'm ready. Uh, The report itself, remember, it, uh, it accused Joe Biden of being an elderly man with a poor memory, having diminished faculties. Well, Kamala Harris raised her hand and said, uh, I don't have diminished faculties. You know, my head works just fine. The Wall Street Journal's asked her, do voters concerns about President Biden's age mean she must convince them she is ready to serve? Harris said, I am ready to serve. There is no doubt about it. Uh, and she added that everyone who sees her on the job walks away fully aware of my capacity to lead. I highly doubt that. If anybody's telling Kamala Harris that she has the capacity to lead, they are probably a subordinate to Kamala Harris, and they're trying to keep their job. Uh, number one Indiana dad, KJPAP, Mohap, 100%. Glad I'm only 69. You were brutal this. Oh, man. No, I want you to understand. It's simply about the number of years that you're on this planet. Like I said, you can be old. Okay, I am 45 years old. I am middle aged. I fully expect by the time that I'm 70 to be among the uh, uh, the 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 number of Americans who are considered old. We're certainly older than 25 year olds. 
Uh, but there's a difference between being of age and having diminished mental capacity. So I sure hope that nobody here was offended when I said that you are old after a certain year. Uh, because, you know, now that I think about it, some people probably were. But anyways, I wasn't trying to offend anybody. This is just a, a matter of uh, semantics, right? You know, a two-year-old is older than a one-year-old and a 70-year-old is older than a 45 year old. Uh, but all of us will attain that age at some point. Uh, unable to do your job is what I'm talking about. And Joe Biden has dementia. That is more concerning than the fact that they have, uh, uh the numbers by their names. Uh, so please, I hope nobody was offended. But anyways, heels up Harris. She responded, uh, Everyone believes that I'm ready to lead. And, of course, this article was really an entrance exam. Uh, it was an opportunity for the Wall Street Journal to help Kamala Harris make her case. Uh, she said that there is always going to be a lot of scrutiny and pressure on the campaign in the 2024, 2024 race. And that moment is now. I think that the special counsel's report has sort of accelerated that moment. They're trying to position Kamala Harris to be the nominee. I think that this actually might be it. They have said more about Kamala Harris being the nominee and taking over for Joe Biden than anybody else. You know, I think it's obvious that Gavin Newsom was positioning himself to possibly be that replacement. Maybe they're going to put him in the VP spot uh, now. Ahead of this re-election campaign, I guess we have a lot of Democrats who are privately expressing concerns about Kamala Harris's place on this ticket. We saw that in the expose that was done by James O'Keefe uh, with, I think it was a uh, uh, someone who worked in the intelligence community, the State Department, uh, working specifically for the office of the vice president. A lot of people do not believe that Kamala Harris has the capacity to do the job. Uh, what, I can't think of any Kamala Harris quotes, but I mean, you know, she, uh, buses have tires and, uh, they drive forwards and backwards. Those are the kinds of things that Kamala Harris says. But Joe Biden should not be running for reelection. This is the point of the article. Uh, and they believe that Kamala Harris should be the one to take over for him. I would expect to see any number of uh, different possible scenarios put out there for Americans to kind of mull over in the coming weeks. And they're going to see which ones test best. They will allow this one to be out there. They'll probably have Gavin Newsom out there. Who knows? Maybe they will have a Michelle Obama out there uh, and anybody else who's willing to throw their hat in the ring. And they're going to use that to do some polling. They will test with the American people uh, and they will determine which one is going to be the least worst option, because at the end of the day, Donald Trump is going to take this home. He's going to hit a home run. And that's my opinion. Uh, OK, so we already talked about that one. Uh, but just getting back to the idea, I mean, the writing is on the wall as we move closer to Election Day. Uh, Joe Biden seems worse and worse. And it's again, it's not about his age. It's about his mental capacity. Joe Biden simply does not have the mental capacity. There's something wrong with his brain. Uh, we have new footage here of him walking around. Uh, outside of, hold on, is this it? No, that's from Donald Trump. Here we go. This is Joe Biden walking around in Delaware. He doesn't seem to be that confident on his feet. And a 
it takes him about 20 minutes to get through the door. He always looks like he's going to fall. How many of those people screaming Mr. President do you think uh, work in the White House? Now, here's an example of Donald Trump walking around. Again, there's only four years that separate these guys. Look at that confident stride. Look at that. He can climb a stair with no assistance. Donald Trump can run up and down stairs with no assistance. Donald Trump also also has a lot of people who love him. I want to thank everybody. This is incredible. You know, we took what was known as a big arena. It's not too big. Because you can't. We'll have to do another one. We'll come back soon. We'll get everybody in. It's not the age. Again, I will say it. It is not the age. It's the condition of his brain. It's the ability to think, to recall, to reason. Have you ever seen Donald Trump blow up at someone in the press corps for asking a question that challenged him? No. You might see Donald Trump throw a sly comment. Donald Trump is quick witted. Donald Trump is funny. Donald Trump is smarter than probably 90% of the people in that White House press corps. Let's be honest. You don't have to have an IQ of any level to get a job at CNN or MSDNC or any of the other mainstream media outlets. All you have to do is be willing to play the game and to say what they want you to say. Now, I think that this was especially interesting after what happened over the weekend with this disastrous press conference. It's been quite obvious that the Biden regime has been pushing to uh, to convince the youth vote. Uh, this would be like, you know, first time voters and uh, people who are only just registering uh, the youngest of those who are able to vote. Uh, he's been pushing to essentially appear to be the candidate of choice for these people. I think that's a lot of what the Taylor Swift psychological operation is all about. They're hoping that Taylor Swift is going to be enough to bring him across the finish line. But little do they know that's not going to save him in the end. However, joining TikTok might. That's right. Just one year after Joe Biden banned TikTok from the devices of federal employees, he has said rules for thee, but not for me. I'm going to join TikTok. We're going to do funny dances. I'm going to use filters and I'm going to win this damn presidency for the first time because it was a cheat the second time. But he's not going to win the second time either. So Bite Dance. This is a company with ties directly to the Chinese Communist Party. What's funny is that if you're a normie, you might not know that Chinese companies are all partially owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And so those Chinese companies operating here in the United States of America, if they have access to your personal data and the Chinese Communist Party demands that personal data, that Chinese subsidiary is forced to hand that information over. Now, 
with most companies, it's really not not that big of a deal. It's going to be like publicly available information. Might be your name, might be your address, might be your phone number. But somebody like ByteDance with the app TikTok, uh, when that thing is installed on your phone, you give it access to your secret personal messages, to all of your photographs, to all of your location data, uh, and so on and so forth. Even your banking data. This thing gets into everything. So it's no wonder that they eventually, after Donald Trump raised a stink about it, banned it from the devices of federal employees. Now, isn't Joe Biden the ultimate federal employee? Uh, I feel like, you know, the answer is obviously yes. So what the hell is he doing joining TikTok? It's a Hail Mary. Perfect timing for that reference. So in his first TikTok video, he did a Super Bowl themed question and answer trying to reach those younger voters. Let's go ahead and uh, take a look. Why ain't this working? Uh, I, I am old, guys. I can't get TikTok to work. Okay, hold on. Ah, there we go. Great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? You'd get in trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. <sighs> All I can say is I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, this is not going to get Joe Biden elected, and uh, I, I just I don't know how they're getting around this. I guess it must be on uh, a staffer's personal phone. That's the only way that they could go ahead and do this. Um, but again, at the end of the day, everything that Joe Biden's going to do between now and November is going to be a Hail Mary. It's going to be a, a, a hope and a prayer. OK, he might as well get a genie out of a bottle. Rub that bottle, get the genie to come out and ask for three wishes. And even if it was possible, if genies existed, if wishes were real, if Joe Biden was a magical unicorn, he would not be able to overcome the momentum of Donald John Trump, President Trump, despite everything they've done to him. You know, this is a lot like his first term in office. Even though they had all of the resistance, even though they had all of the pushback, even though they stopped certain things from happening and they tried to stop everything, they couldn't. Donald Trump just kept winning. America just kept winning. And as soon as Joe Biden came into office, well, America, we started to lose. Things were looking bleak for a while there, my friends. I know some of you were looking at uh, jumping off a bridge. I got just heart-wrenching letters from people. You know, what is the point? Why go on? This is the point, okay? Life is cyclical, okay? It's like a wave. You go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. Right now, we're on that back swing to the top. And President Trump, despite all of the cases against him, despite all of the attempts to try to destroy him, he just keeps getting better. Again, it doesn't matter what age they are. It doesn't matter what age they are. It is what's happening in their minds and in his heart. Okay, we know Joe Biden is an evil, smug son of a bitch. 
Donald Trump is a genuine American patriot, 100%, loves America, loves this nation, loves the people of this nation, and wants us to survive. He wants us to thrive even more. Joe Biden would rather that we survive as a third world nation. We're allowing illegal aliens to take residence in our homes, in our backyards, in the uh, the culverts of public areas around our homes. But Donald Trump doesn't want any of that, and the people of America resonate with that. So after the performance of this past weekend, after all of these weaponized cases in the judicial system of states and, of course, the federal government, it has begun to look inevitable that Donald Trump is going to overcome everything they've done to him despite their best efforts, despite all of the lies, the lies about January 6th, the lies about the fine people, uh, the lies about Donald Trump being a racist or a rapist or any ists or isms. All of these things, they don't matter because the American people see the truth. We know there wasn't an insurrection. We know that the election was rigged. We know that our institutions are rigged and they're rigged against us. We know that the American oligarchy, the political elites of the DC establishment, they want one thing and one thing only, and that is for us to die and them to thrive. And they will do whatever is necessary to make that happen. But I think they've overplayed their hand because with the border policy to allow all of those illegals into the country and uh, without the ability to blame it on Republicans, the average everyday American has already made up their minds. The border crisis is Joe Biden's. The decision to open up the border was one decision made by one man, Joe Biden, implemented by his regime. Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. A couple of years ago, you're saying Donald Trump's putting kids in cages. Donald Trump's kicking people out. Donald Trump's deporter in chief. But no, (laughs) it's Joe Biden who has destroyed this country. It's Joe Biden who has allowed unrestrained illegal alien migration and Every American sees it, but most importantly, especially in terms of the story, the Latin American community, Latinos, not Latinx, but Latinos, they see it, they understand it, and largely because we have so many Latino immigrants who live here in this country. Every single family that came here came from immigrants, okay? It's just that Joe Biden wants to allow them to come in illegally. And when that happens, it diminishes the sacrifice of legal immigrants who have come here from all over the world. But Latin Americans, uh, Latinos, this most especially. There was a poll that was just done over the weekend by the University of Houston, uh, and it discusses the prospects for March primary elections and then, of course, the general election taking place in November. Unsurprisingly, they projected that Biden and Trump were going to be headed into a showdown in November, but it predicted that Trump was leading Biden in that rematch by 9% in Texas. What do you want to bet it's going to be double-digit leads by the time we get to November? Uh, what they suspect is that the Biden campaign found, uh, pretty shockingly, that Biden was losing to Trump by Latino voters by a 47 to 41 margin. Only 55% of Latino Democratic primary voters said they were committed to vote for Biden. The other 45% were undecided. Uh, 
the uh, the last few years, uh, the Republicans have been gaining in the Latino vote. Uh, and so as that happens, the 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 Democrat meme that Republicans are racist, you know, guess what, guys? We didn't start the KKK. That was y'all. Uh, that meme no longer holds any water. Uh, you're not going to call us far right. We are uh, far more intelligent. Uh, that's the way I would like to think about it. Um but you've got so many Latin American families that have emigrated here legally. They came from Mexico. Maybe they came from South America. Maybe they came from Central America. But there's a process. Uh, there is a, 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 a like a whole series of steps they have to go through. And so all of the millions of illegals that have been allowed to just pour through that border, be it in Texas, Arizona, California, it has diminished the sacrifice of the legal immigrants that have come here. And all of those illegal Latin uh, uh, aliens that are coming into this country are taking away resources and space from the poorer segments of the American communities. Uh, so that means that it's going to result in an increase in, in homelessness, uh, a decrease in available expenditures that can go to other people. You know, we've got these safety net programs that are supposed to be there to help people get back on their feet. Uh, and the Latin American vote is switching to Republicans. Black American vote switching to Republicans. The entrance of all of these illegals uh, is not only putting the squeeze on the lower socioeconomic uh, sectors of America, but it's moved into the middle class now because a lot of these illegals are now entering into these suburban communities. You've got illegals that have been pushed into the homes of certain people uh, in these big Democrat-run cities. Uh, let's see, the Democrats would love to do nothing more than to hold on to these what were considered minority votes, black votes and Latin American votes. But that simply is just not going to happen now. We've had 10 million illegal invaders enter the country since Joe Biden took office, and that number continues to grow every single day. The support among blacks and Latinos in um, in the Democrat Party has fallen just about 20 points uh, in just over three years. So just imagine how much more it's going to fall as we move closer to November. It's going to get worse. It's going to get much, much worse. Now, pretty much the only people in America that I think are happy about these 10 million illegal invaders are the self-hating upper class white liberals, uh, people who live in, um, you know, palatial uh, homes in in New York, uh, high-rise apartments, maybe in uh, the suburbs of Chicago, perhaps the white liberals of uh, the Boston area, Connecticut, uh, Martha's Vineyard, that sort of stuff. And that means that they're perfectly willing uh, to share some of what they've got. Let, let me just say, you know, you guys wouldn't have the money, you wouldn't have the nice, beautiful homes uh, if we lived in a communist country. Uh, and opening your home up to unknown illegal immigrant alien invaders is probably a bad idea. And I give these people about two weeks before they find out just how bad of an idea it is. There was an interview over the weekend with this Boston couple uh, who signed up for a government program to house illegal aliens in their home. They went online and did it less than an hour later. They were contacted by the government uh, of, I think, I don't know if it was Boston or if it was the state of Massachusetts. 
But their names are Colin and Jessica Stokes, and they signed up with Massachusetts to become a host family. And about 45 minutes later, they got the call that, hey, we've got a family of four ready to come on in. Now, what's ironic is that uh, these white liberals who are just saddled with white guilt uh, and agreed to have these illegals come stay with them, they were more than happy to go on camera. And you can see their home is beautiful. They've got lots of room. It's gorgeous. All right, but you're bringing third world peoples in who don't know how to live in an environment like this uh, and likely are also more predisposed to have criminal backgrounds uh, and uh, to do the kinds of behavior that are not going to really reconcile with an upper middle class white family in uh, suburban Boston. Uh, so I give them two weeks, two weeks before they figure out that this was a really, really big mistake. Now, the illegal family themselves, they did not want to be on camera. So we have no idea what they look like. We have no idea, uh, you know, uh, I guess, you know, what type of people they are other than to say that they're illegal and they don't have any legal right to be here in the United States of America. And now the, this uh, family is going to be housing them for God knows how long. Try getting them out of your homes once you get them in there. Uh, watch them. Maybe engage in a squatting type behavior. Maybe they lock the family out. Maybe they change the locks and then they, they display a fake contract that says this family said I can keep this house. I guarantee you it's going to happen. All right. Now in New York, upscale New York neighborhoods, this is the same sort of white upper class self-hating elites uh, like this family in Boston. Apparently <clears throat> the illegals have entered Park Avenue, and uh, I don't know, and what are the nice places in New York? It all seems like a shithole now when I look at it. But there's essentially no place that's safe in these Democrat-run hellholes. Society is crumbling in areas where it was previously thought to be untouchable. In this New York City a district, a doorman just proved that well, the day is not quite here yet. However, two thieves robbed a woman in broad daylight in this wealthy New York City neighborhood just yesterday. Uh, I guess people were there. They saw what was happening, but they were all weaklings and they did nothing. They took this 24-year-old girl. They slammed her against the door of an apartment building and uh, apparently – when they threw her against the glass, they knocked her head real hard uh, and uh, and and they stole everything that she had. Uh, let's go ahead. We've actually got footage from the actual event itself. Look at this. A doorman in Manhattan being called a hero this evening for breaking up a violent robbery. He didn't hesitate, jumped in to help when he saw two people attacking a woman right outside his Upper East Side building. Eyewitness News reporter Sonia Rincon live at the scene with more. Sonia? Cassandra, residents of this building are calling their doorman a hero and praising him for his quick intervention in a brazen, violent robbery in the middle of the afternoon Sunday here on 75th and Madison. Thanks to that doorman, the victim was unharmed. She still has her purse. However, the two thieves were able to snatch her phone. But because there are cameras everywhere, now the NYPD knows exactly what they look like. I did what I could, and I wish I could have done more, but it just happened so fast that I couldn't. It happened in a matter of seconds. A pair of thieves chasing a young woman and pinning her up against the glass of an apartment building lobby, right in front of the doorman at his post. All I heard is like a thump, like a 
like, a, like she hit the glass with her, with her face. And when I looked up, our eyes kind of met. And uh, all she said, help. The doorman help. who asked to remain anonymous can be seen on surveillance video. Help, help. I voted for Mayor Adams, but help, help. Honestly, this is the best thing that could have happened to these people, because until they felt what the people of the southern states, the border states felt, they were never going to change their behavior. They were going to, oh, sure, bring them in, let them move in. Why would Trump be so mean and put them in cages? We don't need borders. We don't need borders. Borders are bad. Don't build a wall. Share a hug. You guys seen what happened uh, to uh, the, the Nordic states in Europe? I mean, those places are essentially rape capitals now. Uh, they allowed all of those uh, immigrants in because they let them come in legally. These illegal aliens are not here legally. Uh, and uh, some Serter pointed out in the chat, and I've said it on the show so many times before, 10 million? <laughs> those are the ones that they actually spoke with. I mean, how many more millions besides those 10 million were able to slide on through without having any sort of contact uh, with authorities? Now, the National Guard in Texas, uh, they continue to secure the border of Texas to try to make sure that, you know, as as few of those people who don't have contact with authorities come through um, as they possibly can. Um, now, this is an issue that I've been super stoked about ever since it started bubbling up. You know, I think we first reported on Operation Lone Star like about a year ago. And I had wondered for a while, you know, what the, what the heck's going on? I mean, we haven't heard anything about Operation Lone Star. It's quite obvious that they have a major problem down there. Why is Governor Abbott not beginning to use this or implement it? And I got to say, you know, I, I, I tend to believe that. He had the same sort of thought track as as, as I just did a moment ago. Um, as long as the illegals were going to be coming through, as long as Joe Biden was not going to do anything about it, uh, then why not send them to New York? Why not send them to Chicago? I know, I know it was simply passing off the problem for a later date. Uh, all it did was create the ability for illegals to come into the country. Let's be honest, they were going to come in anyways. And uh, this way, it allowed for the people who lived in these areas who voted for these policies to learn what it truly represented and how it was going to to be when they actually experienced it themselves. Now they are rejecting it out of whole cloth. They, they are completely saying, no, we don't want this. Only the most obvious Liberal idiots like those people in Boston are are offering their homes to these people. Uh, most people are not going to offer their homes up. So the issue of Texas securing its own borders, uh, representing its own sovereignty, the, the security of their citizens, this is very important uh, because it shows us how little we need the uh, the enforcement mechanism at the federal level. All we need is to take care of our safety, security, and so many other things at the state level. The states understand better than uh, some bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. does uh, exactly what needs to happen and uh, just you know how important it is to focus on certain things rather than other things. When you have 50 different places that are told the, that they have to behave in the exact same way, well, it, it gets an overrepresentation in, in some areas and then underrepresentation in other areas. But the issue now is that 
the right of Texas supersedes the desires of the federal government. And it's not just with the border. This can be played out in so many other different arenas. And now that Texas has taken a stand on this particular segment of states' rights, I think that there is an opportunity to begin asserting those rights in a number of other areas as well. And so I think Operation Lone Star has been a success. Like I said, I was I was hesitant. Uh, I, I wasn't certain about Governor Abbott up until the point where I realized that, man, he was really creating an opportunity for the people of these liberal areas to feel the same sorts of things that the southern border states were feeling as well. And he essentially changed their mind. They're saying no more anyways. But. We could literally have the uh, uh, the, uh, the the National Guard, uh, other law enforcement agencies in each of our 50 states re- maintaining its its own security and uh, its own sort of sovereignty. Really, at the end of the day, we don't need the federal government to do any of it. Think about how much money we could save if we were to, I don't know, maybe keep the armed forces for global sorts of conflicts, uh, maintain our bases and readiness on military bases all over the place, but then the borders were handled by National Guard. Um, there are, again, a number of other things that I think we could be doing here, but I think that by establishing states' rights with this one issue, we can begin to sort of move on to additional issues. Let's start by getting rid of the ATF and the NFA. I, I can do away with that. Now, the reason I bring it up is because it's been successful. Um, Operation Lone Star, by and large, has brought illegal migrations to a halt in the state of Texas. And uh, considering how long the problem has existed and how quickly Texas, when operating of their own authority, was able to uh, at least address it to a point where it had a measurable impact, that tells you everything you need to know about the effectiveness and the necessity of the federal government of the United States. Uh, now, now they are unfortunately shifting those illegal migrations to Arizona and California, I don't know what the deal is with New Mexico. Is there just no like viable places to cross in New Mexico? I'm I'm not certain. But uh essentially they have stopped the illegal migrations for you know I mean for all intents and purposes in uh in Texas. And now California being one of those liberal bastions and then Arizona kind of teetering on the brink of uh of red to blue and purple now. Um There is a distinct possibility that the people of these states are now going to start demanding that the governors of Arizona and California start doing the same thing that Governor Greg Abbott did. In January, Border Patrol recorded 125,000 illegal alien apprehensions between ports of entry along the southern border compared to nearly 250,000 in December. So they dropped in half. Uh, and this is coming from federal data, but, uh, the geographic trends of those migration flows have changed significantly. So even though they haven't stopped into the United States in its entirety, they have reduced them by roughly 50%. And again, these are the people that they actually came into contact with. But the Tucson sector, uh, and the San Diego sector have both been the busiest ports of entries for these illegal crossings. Uh, both of these sectors are showing about a thousand migrants entering the U.S. illegally each day through desert areas uh, like Lukeville, Arizona, and Jacumba Springs, California. And, of course, uh, there are uh, openings, uh, gaps in the border wall that they're taking advantage of, too. But 
The 1,254-mile-long Texas border, this is the largest of any state bordering Mexico, has plunged to almost nothing. And it's been especially pronounced in the Del Rio sector, which until very recently had been the busiest border patrol region. Uh, We were averaging 1,816 daily apprehensions in the Tucson sector and 1,213 in San Diego during the week ending February 4th. And collectively, those two sectors accounted for 59% of the total 5,128 daily apprehensions for that week. So Arizona and California uh, each have one additional Border Patrol sector, but migrant arrivals in those areas, I guess, is much lower. Now, in that same seven-day period ending February 4th, Border Patrol apprehended uh, between 716 and 536 migrants each day in Texas's El Paso and Rio Grande Valley sectors, respectively. Uh, in the Del Rio sector, they have been recording a few hundred apprehensions, as few as 200 And that's compared to the 2,300 that they were getting in contact with every single day during the month of December. So clearly, if government wants to be effective, it can be. And if it's the state government, it's a lot more likely to be a lot more effective. And so I hope that the other states begin to consider that as uh, we move into the next phase of this operation. So I uh, I, I had a, a a video that my friend uh, Stacy Stein from Crazy Cat jo- Drones had taken from the border rally that was held last week. And uh, in the lead up to it, I was telling you guys how important I felt it was to continue to organize and to continue to meet in person because demonstrations have a long and illustrious history of being a part of uh, American political dissident life. And right now, even though we are the majority, we are political dissidents. The federal government is using its power, its resources to come after us. And the mainstream media has been a large part of trying to ensure that we were too afraid to meet, that we were too afraid to get out there in person. You know, there was a lot of people that I knew that were saying, don't go to the border. You know, my feelings were, you know, if you want to go to the border, go to the border. You know, there there's a lot of people that were planning on going to the border and nothing bad happened. In fact, it was a joyous celebration. But I'll tell you who noticed. The mainstream media noticed, and this article is proof of that. Uh, they said that at this Texas border rally, there were fresh signs that the January 6th prosecutions left some participants unbowed. Obviously, the point of January 6th prosecutions was to scare you about going out in public and demonstrating to the point where you would stay home and you would let them just steamroll over your rights, over your liberties, and that if they did something that you didn't agree with, that you would just keep your mouth shut. Here, I want to play this video that uh, Stacy took from the actual rally because uh, I just want you to see exactly what it was like. It was a joyous celebration. From what I understand, there was no infiltrators. There was no feds there. There was no attempts to get people to engage in some sort of illegal activity. It was just a lot of patriots from all over the country coming down to that border to show what's possible if we decide 
to organize. Uh, and again, I think that demonstrations, I think that protests, that has to remain a part of the fabric of American life and political uh, uh, speech, because it always has been. And they want nothing more than to make you afraid to go out in public. They want to make you afraid to engage in this sort of politically protected activity. They did the exact same thing up in Canada with uh, the truckers. Uh, they essentially tried to do everything they could to make those truckers never want to go out in public again. Thank you very much to uh, Stacy at Crazy Cat Drones for putting that together. There is a lot more footage that Stacy put together, and I'm going to be dropping that into the Telegram after we're done here if you guys want to check it out. But I think it's uh, it's vitally important. Uh, the the CBS report right here says it. They were hoping to scare the people who were prosecuted and then scare the rest of America because those people were prosecuted to stop them from demonstrating coming out and having their voice heard. You know, I think that most people would uh, not be afraid to just go to a Trump rally. But I remind you, January 6th, that was a Trump rally. OK, Trump called people to January 6th in D.C., not to engage in illegal activity, but to engage in politically protected speech. And if they can stop us from engaging in that politically protected speech, then they can go ahead and force us to do a lot of things, things that I am not comfortable with. All right, I'm going to end with this, guys. Alejandro Mayorkas coming fresh off the uh, the the attempts to impeach him. Uh, he says that he does not regret terminating the remain in Mexico policy. And of course, we know that millions of military aged men have come across that border as a result of that. He also tells us that he and the Biden regime do not bear any responsibility for the open border that they have willfully allowed to remain open and for their refusal to enforce the law of the land. They, again, want to blame it on Senate and House Republicans. They want to blame it on the American people. But it's not our fault. It's their fault. And the American people see that. You know, we hear about a uh, an illegal alien in Midland, Texas, killing a 10-year-old boy in in a hit and run. You hear about that other illegal alien that crashed his car delivering for DoorDash, didn't even have a license or insurance. How in the hell was he driving a car? Killed a, a, a toddler, killed his girlfriend, but he was fine. He was A-OK. Uh, and this happens over and over and over again. The only people who have the responsibility for failing to secure the border and for actually allowing all of those illegals in, it's Alejandro Mayorkas. It's Joe Biden's regime. It's Joe Biden himself. They believe that these illegal aliens are going to give them the leg up that they need to take the country in in November and to steal the election once more. But it's not going to work. The American people are paying attention, and I don't care how badly they want to be able to keep this country in their clutches. We're not going to allow it. All right, and we're going to end with Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live. And here, just to show you that this is an SNL skit, I'm going to go here forward a little bit. You can see this is one of the guys from SNL uh, at that time. This is another guy who was on SNL. And uh, here's another guy. They're all dancing. They're singing. I just let them. Okay, and then at one minute and 30 seconds, Donald Trump enters into the sketch because he was hosting SNL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this was also the episode where he 
was president and they basically had a skit about how he did everything he said he was going to do and America was great again and it was incredible, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And here we go. Here is Donald Trump's piece. Donald Trump, right there, right there. Donald Trump, that's Donald Trump. That's really Donald Trump. He's wearing glasses because it's a skit on SNL. Those are not real glasses. They're just glasses with clear lenses in them. You call me on the cell phone. All right. Now, I bet you can even go to IMDb and look up President Trump's appearances and it'll probably show him as having appeared on Saturday Night Live uh, in this episode eight years ago. And it really is Donald Trump. So let's go ahead and go through the thank yous over here on he can't see without his glasses. Uh, Lisa and I say that all the time. That's so funny. Okay, so. Let me see. Who do I need to say thank you to? Uh, oh, hold on. For some reason. Um, okay, Tracy, hopefully you saw that so you know that it's real. Uh, let's see. Uh, PDX Patriot 722. I put these words here instead of a blank space. Well, I appreciate it. Anytime people leave uh, the donations over there on Pilled, I wish that they would leave comments. Do me a favor, guys, if you would. Just leave a comment. Just say something nice. Something nicer, even if it's not something nice. You can, I'll still read it. Uh, let me see. Sean Joe. Thank you very much, Sean Joe. Thank you to Just Duckies. Much love. God bless your brother. Um, let's see. Sean Joe dropped uh, another cookie. Filter Dog said, when is the Lloyd Austin being announced as dead? Well, when it's uh, politically expedient for the Biden regime. Uh, maybe at a time when they make us believe that World War Three has started. Who cares? Says high five, Zach. The shooter is the one that died. Thank you. We we got that one figured out. Uh, Boise Blanc, thank you for that cookie. The truth is loose from Thick Ray. She also dropped a cookie. Lynn's over it. Thank you so much, Lynn. 117 gold pills. P Quest, thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog One says last of the gold pills. RP78 deserves so much more for always bringing the truth. Well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Nakaza808 says sorry, I need to recharge my gold pills. Aloha. Uh, Filter Dog also says, have they done anything for a homeless vet? They, no, they've done nothing for homeless vets. They have housed, fed, and clothed illegal aliens all over the streets of New York and Chicago. But meanwhile, homeless vets are out there freezing, living on the streets in just horrible conditions. I told I told you guys about that one report that I saw from Ben Bergquam. Bergquam, I, I, don't, I don't know how to say his name. I have to look at it. Um, it was a, a, a retired engineer. He's living on the street with his dog. Beautiful dog. He, this guy's got heart failure. They ref, The government refuses to give him his Social Security. It's obvious they're just hoping he's going to die on the street. And then they're never going to have to pay him out. Because, of course, you know nobody gets your Social Security. Once you're dead, if you paid in and they still have a ton of your money, they're going to hold on to it. Uh, they're not giving that to anybody. Uh, Boise Blanc, thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog says we would need to get rid of the CIA that keeps screwing up the world. I truly believe that in Donald Trump's next administration, uh, we will see a major cleanup in the intelligence community. There's no way that the Central Intelligence Agency can be allowed to remain in its current incarnation. Uh, 
Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. D Dallad says 100%. Lee N63, thank you. Netfolks1, thank you. FilterDog1, thank you. And GoodDog45 dropped a pair of shades. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. If you want, hang out with me tonight again at 10.30 p.m. on Badlands Media for another episode of Baseless Conspiracies with myself, and, of course, Mr. John Harold. Brian E. Murphy says, Zach, you are the best. Keep up the great work. Say hi to my mom, Janice. Hi, Janice. It's Zach from Red Pill 78. And your son, Brian E. Murphy, is a class act. You can say that he's a good boy. Tell him that I said so as well. All right, you guys. Thank you for being here. Good luck. God bless. I hope to see you tonight. If I don't, then I will see you back here tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Red Pill News. Bye-bye.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.